0: Welcome to Food Farms and Chefs Radio Show, where we highlight everyone from the top industry leaders to startups and farmers that make it all possible with Chef Jean Blum and photojournalist Amaris Pollack. We have an exciting show for you today as we introduce a brand new startup business out of Philadelphia, and then we're taking a scrumptious look at two new restaurants in New Jersey who are heating up the food scene for a great cause. But first... Gene Blum and Amaris Pollock have a few announcements for our Food, Farms, and Chefs family.
1: Well, welcome everybody to Food, Farms, and Chefs. I'd like to start off this episode this week with our prayers, our blessings, our good karma to all those affected by Hurricane Ian. Obviously, the Gulf Coast of Florida, Florida in itself, the devastation that it's felt. And all those that are going through so much suffering and so much healing right now. And the food, farms, chess community is not blind to what's going on. We wanted to send our very heartfelt prayers and support to those that are affected by Hurricane Ian, whose family who are affected by Hurricane Ian, and all those that in some way are suffering through this coming through this is very devastating. Food, breaking bread together, family support are all things that will help get through this and come out the other side. So again, we just wanted to issue our very heartfelt prayers to those going through so much right now. On a very positive note and with and I wish to send out Thank you to our co-host of many years, Kevin, who is no longer with the Food Forum Success community. We wish him the very best. Kevin, who founded what was Dining on a Dime at that time, and Amaris and I came on later, and we have turned that into Food Forum Success. Kevin has left us to do his own podcast uh, about well cuisine and we wish Kevin the very best in all he does. He has been an amazing supporter and just an amazing food person for many, many years in the city of Philadelphia. So Kevin, we wish you the very best in all you're doing. We will miss you. And I promise we will keep the light burning here and the show moving forward. With that being said, Amrith Pollock and Blum are excited to bring in a new era of food farms and chefs to bring in new guests to take the show even into a more elevated state. We are just thrilled to talk to great new restaurants, farms, food producers, microbrewers, distillers and anybody in the food, spirits, and hospitality industry. If you have ideas for guests, if you have suggestions for the show, please feel free to reach out to Amaris Pollock and I through social media, or you can email us directly, and our tags are available at the end of the show. Amaris, it's a new day.
0: And I'm excited for us because, I mean, we've been... Obviously working hard towards making our show bigger and better and brighter um, throughout the years that we've been on and doing a fabulous, you know, job of it. So hopefully we'll bring some more celebrity, you know, guest chefs and authors and, you know, restaurateurs who are either well-established or, you know, building a new brand onto the show because one of our favorite things that we love to do is to help promote and highlight people and businesses in our industry because everybody needs a helping hand. And you know what? We're here for them. We're here for you because everybody loves to eat. (laughs) And no matter where you get your food from, whether it's a small, you know, roadside, Stand that that is being operated by a farm to maybe a larger, well-established farm. They're the one. They're the people that, no matter what, th- the reason why we get to eat and the reason why we get to drink. They're the ones producing it. So um, <laughs> it's always important to you know recognize and appreciate the farmers who are producing what we consume on a regular basis. And then, of course you know when we go out to dine at any restaurant it's obviously you know our great appreciation to all the staff back of house and front of house who make that work so i i love that we bring businesses on to do that and jean i know that that's one of your joys as well so i'm super excited about that what i'm also excited about is an an event that we're going to be taping live Um, at the Mann Center. And, you know, Gene, if you want to give more details, feel free. Sure.
1: So October 19th, and tickets are still available. It is the 40th anniversary of Achievability. It is at the Mann Music Center. The website to get tickets is 40 gives. Smart.com. You can find out much more information about the event there. But I will tell you it is a food and drink event like no other. You can go enjoy, support, have a wonderful evening of food and drink, and really give back to the community by part of, by being part of the fortieth anniversary of Achievability. We look forward to being there live. And as Amara said, again, supporting those local businesses and farmers, because if I said it once, I've said it a dozen times, without farmers, we would be hungry, naked and sober, not an image you really want. And for our restaurant chefs out there, I came on board during COVID. My whole purpose of coming on was to support my brothers in the kitchen, my fellow hospitality professionals. So... We are here for you, and we're going to continue to be here for you, reaching out and supporting, so feel free to reach out and tell us how we could best help you.
0: And I agree. It's it's definitely important. Um, and just one other thing that I wanted to mention about the event, um, we will also have a live inter- um, interview next week where we're going to be discussing what is happening in more detail. And then obviously October 19th, we're going to be interviewing people live, which will play on the radio the following Monday. But there will be also some bonus show material too. So when you you know log on, if you want to stream some interesting interviews, um, follow Food Farms and Chefs in order to see that, those behind scenes moments and, you know, any bonus material too, because, you know, no matter what, <laughs> it's, it, it means something when we're supporting um, local area um, businesses and startups and, you know, people who are, you know, trying to make a better life for themselves. So I'm, I'm excited. Gene, how excited are you?
1: I am absolutely thrilled for this. Look forward to uh being part of a great celebration, supporting our community and you know, just being out there and meeting some new people, meeting some new chefs, meeting some new food and beverage people and being part of the community. This fall is gonna be such an exciting time of year in the city of Philadelphia. We have so many new startups coming. There's so many great little restaurants and cafes. It's just a really exciting time to be part of the food scene in Philadelphia and the surrounding areas, as well as, you know, going further north into Jersey, going a little bit south into Delaware, Maryland, places like that. There's just so much exciting stuff happening.
0: There is. And with that... We were going to take a small break and we'll be right back. To become a sponsor of Food Farms and Chefs and have your business or event promoted on two radio stations in Philadelphia that play on Tuesdays during Drive Time Radio and on a station in New York on Fridays at 1 p.m., you can email us at foodfarmsandchefs at yahoo.com, ibfoodie2 at yahoo.com, or arpolykus at gmail.com. Welcome back. And I want to introduce you to one of the newest members of startup companies in Philadelphia, Dave Mack, who has opened up Mac Brewing Co. Dave, thank you for joining Food Farms and Chefs, and welcome to the show.
2: Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. How's everybody doing?
0: <laughs> I'm doing great. Gene?
1: Well, welcome, Mark. I <laughs> Welcome, Dave, Mac. How are you? So, I'm Steve, good. I have a question right off the bat. We talk to a lot of people that are in <laughs> brewing and distilling and, and things like that, and I don't think people realize how difficult of a process and how much of a living, breathing process goes into brewing alcohol, brewing beer. Can you, in just a couple minutes, talk to our listeners about what the process is from, you know, receiving the grain until enjoying a beer?
2: Oh, man. I'll, I'll try to make it as simple as possible. Um, pretty much the grain, uh, when you're, you get your grain, you're pretty much boiling boiling up the grain or cooking the grain, which we call our mash. Um, and you're trying to extract the enzyme's sugars. Uh, once you get the sugars, you go, you drain that from the, from the mash, um, and then you start adding in, like, your hops, or depending on what recipe you're making, whatever, whatever style beer you're making. So you have your sugars. Sometimes, for me, I'm a high-gravity guy, so I'll add some uh, some dry malt extract, which is technically more sugar. And the way I explain it to my 6-year-old son the yeast, once you cook it, do everything, you put it in the fermenter, add the yeast. You add your different strains of yeast. The yeast eats the sugar and poops out alcohol. <laughs> that, that, is,
1: that, is, that, well, that is absolutely, you know, as a person with a background in science, that's exactly what happens. Um, <laughs> you know, but, you know, all those things you touched on, and, and it's really wonderful that you put it so simply... But it's you know really it is such a uh, a complex because adding the sugars in and then you know the amount of hops or other ingredients that you're adding if you're going to be adding in some citrus at that point in time, I mean it is such a living breathing organism that you're you're making there. And I love how you make it sound so simple, and I'm like, yeah, but you know there's so much heart and soul goes into it, and I, and I talk all the time. About cooking, when I say that you know a recipe has no soul, it's up to the chef to bring the soul to the recipe. you as a brewer do the exact same thing. there is a basic recipe, but you're really bringing your heart, your soul, your knowledge, what you have tasted and and what you have learned throughout the years. Into play there, and it's it's such a wonderful thing. I mean, I find it just amazing, you know, what you can do with changing a little of this, a little of that, adding some citrus, adding you know, a couple of different things, and and the, the strains of yeast are so important because there are so many different ones. So, you know, a really wonderful process. How long does the process take?
2: Um, the process, depending on again, with style of beer, I typically make uh, a a IPA and a uh, lemongrass and honey ale. Um, typically, you can have that done depending on the size of the batch in about a week. Too, depending on what, what exactly you're trying to extract from it, uh, when you speak of like adding citrus uh, and just adding different flavors, you're adding flavors, and then depending on the type of hops that you're using, it could have citrus notes, it could have grapefruit notes. Um, of course, there's some beers that are that they simply just add grapefruit, or they add lemon, or orange. But sometimes it has something to do with like this, with what strand of yeast that you're using, um, what what uh, style of hops you're going to be using, and going from there. And and like you said, you kind of just let the beer work and let the yeast does it do its job. And you never know. Sometimes so you can follow a recipe down to the tea, and it's, it's your recipe, so you know how it's supposed to taste. But something as simple as water chemistry can change everything. I can brew it in one house on the same block and then go brew it at another house. And because just different pipes, different waters, different different uh, elements in that house's water will change the whole uh, uh, chemistry of that beer. Absolutely, absolutely. So you know,
1: brewing beer is really that creative culinary thing where you're really creating, but it it truly is a science as well, which is, you know, we attribute that to pastry and things like that, the, the science of it all. So, you know, kudos to you for being able to do that and, and making it sound so simple. I love the fact that you say, well, you know, it can be done as early as a week. You know, you know how many people can't figure out what they're eating for dinner next week? And here you are planning how much beer you're going to need and getting it produced so you have it for next week. So, you know, it's, it's, you know, a really wonderful thing that you do and, and a lot of planning and, a, and you know, a lot of thought going into it. It has to
2: be a passion. Tell us about how you got started. I, I started drinking probably younger than I should admit. Um, and I started, awesome. at, <laughs> I started going to a local spot, um, called Nightinghead on 15th and Samson. It's not around anymore. Uh, And that's where I started, like, that's where my craft beer um, kick started getting to me. Of course, you start off with the Yingling, the Flying Fish, uh, and then, you know, your big box uh, beers. But that's where my love for craft beer started. And then I started venturing out. Um, I started brewing, probably home brewing, about 2014. uh, And I didn't really go the traditional route when People typically, like, join homebrew clubs and get in different competitions. I didn't really go that route. Um, I went to school in Charlotte with the Johnson C. Smith, the HBCU. So a lot of my roommates, um, they drunk beer, but they didn't drink craft beer. So that was, my, that was my audience. So once I got a beer that I knew they would drink, that's when I stopped making the re- – that's when I stopped tweaking the recipe, and that was the Mac IPA which is a 10% IPA. Um, I don't call it an imperial or a double IPA because I don't want to really intimidate anybody because it doesn't taste as strong as it is. Um, and my second recipe that I came out with was uh, it's called Last of the Mohicans. It's named after a friend of mine who passed away. Uh, what's the brand name? It is a lemongrass and honey ale. And that's, uh, when I met Amherst, that's, that's the beer that I had. Uh, it was at about, Twelve and a half percent. I typically make it around 14 um, percent. And then we have, what else did we do? We did a collab with Human Robot, which is called Maximum Duplicity, and that is a golden oatmeal stout that's 11 and a half percent with uh, cocoa nips, coffee, and uh, vanilla beans.
0: I feel like that was the the other one that I that you had on tap. Was that not?
2: Mm-hmm. It was. Yeah. Okay,
0: I think that's the one that um I I walked away. and I was like, can I have another hit of that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, for for our listeners out there, I met him at the Delaware Beer Fest that happened over the weekend last weekend, and um he was a wonderful individual that I you know was granted the ability to actually, you know, introduce myself to as the photographer of the event, but, um, you're right in that your, um, your original, uh, Mac and the, um, the IPA that you brought, it, it doesn't taste like it's that high in ABV. It's very smooth. So I, you know, I was extremely impressed with what you had and the fact that you're a startup business too is just mind-boggling.
2: Thank you, thank you. And the, the Maximum Duplicity is uh, a collaborator we did with Human Robots. And we took that to um, Barrel & Flow in Pittsburgh, but that is pretty much all the proceeds for that beer are going towards um, me to go to uh, St. Louis University of the Sciences, which is now St. Joe's, to get my brewery science certificate. Um, I'm really interested in, uh learning more about water chemistry and propagating my own yeast. So um just really want to get more into the educational side of beer. Um I'm a bit of a a geek when it comes to it. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's the next step. Um it's, but yes, thank you very much. It was a pleasure meeting you. Uh I, I just like to be around beer. Um I think we have a few more beer festivals coming up, matter of fact. Uh actually this week. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I have uh, your your crowdfunding site open right now, um, which, you know, obviously I would love for you to plug too because, you know, if we can help and support your business in any way, shape, or form, I would love to. Um, but I, I can see that you have on Saturday, October 8th in Harrisburg, PA, you're going to be at um, the Stoberfest.
2: No, 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 no. I'm going to be at... King of Prussia, um, Thursday and Friday. Oh, no Thursday okay. and Saturday. And that I don't know. I believe it's called King's Cup. If I'm not mistaken. Um, so I'll be there, and I'll have the the same thing I had at Delaware. I'll have the uh, maximum duplicity and the last of the Mohicans, the lemongrass and honey. Um, this is my second time at the King of Prussia Beer Festival. Just uh, the first time I'm doing both days, but it's the second time I've been there, and I mean it's always received well. Did um, uh, Delaware? We kicked our kegs in three hours, <laughs> so that, that that says a lot.
0: That does say a lot. Um, so one of the things that you mentioned when I when I met you is that you know, and you mentioned it here that you did a collaboration with Human Robot. Um, you had also mentioned that you've done other collaborations with other breweries in that are local to the Philadelphia area. Um, but in particular, Human Robot is one of the collaborative uh, breweries that have offered you almost like a home or more support. So why don't you tell us a little bit about that as well?
2: Uh, with that collab, we came, uh, I met them through uh, Melvin. Melvin is uh the co-founder of black soul summers so he does a lot of different uh hip-hop music festivals like house party style like outside in the park and i met them that way we were working on a collab for his event that ultimately just by meeting ken chris jeep um and caleb and all of them over there and just them talking to me and understanding like when exactly i got in the beer and them knowing some of the brewers from Nottingham from back in the day um, and knew that's where I started like drinking and getting into beer. It was just, we just became cool from there. And then uh, we just started discussing beer and how we could do it. The collab was only supposed to be for the summer. Um, and we wind up making it and taking it to Pittsburgh with us. We still have a few cans left that you can get at human robot uh, in Philadelphia and in Jenkins town. So it's, it's just a home. They are definitely just like walking me through what I'm looking for because I'm, I'm looking to own the building that we want to brew in. And, uh, I'm looking to pretty much open up a restaurant because we want to self distribute. So you have to serve food or serve anything to like self distribute. So that's, that's the main thing. And we want to be in Westfield.
0: And that, that I know is important to you too, because I know, you know, supporting your local community, is is was something that we touched base on when we talked um over the weekend and you know why why is that so important to you because you 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 did tell me why um at the event but in your own words you know why is it so important to you to open up in West Philly
2: um, because one, it's it's only three black owned breweries in the state of Pennsylvania and I'm one of them. Uh it's two in Philadelphia, it's one in Harrisburg. And me being from West Philly and in, in between sixtieth and sixty third, uh, I wanna be able to show people there's more first of all, it's better beer <laughs> than what's sold at the regular like corner store spots. Uh secondly, I want people to see that it's other ways of um, creating change and eventually showing people, you know, how to one drink responsibly. Um, I I can't speak for everyone. I can only speak for myself. Uh, I remember turning 21 and everyone was, Oh, you know, you got to take 21 shots. Of course, you're never making it past 21. You're not making it anywhere close to 21. And that, that was your introduction to legally drinking. And I want to be able to have a, a brick and mortar one, to introduce people to different styles of beer because you always meet people that say, you know, I don't like beer. Beer is nasty. All beer tastes the same. And then you start introducing them to different flavors and different flavor profiles for the beer. And then you eventually find something that they like. And it's typically something that they didn't even expect to be a beer. Uh, two, being able to just teach people how to indulge in alcohol and do it responsibly. Um in, in so many cases, we're so quick to drink yeah. just to get uh, a buzz, versus actually drinking to, under, to just to get the flavors, um, to just take to another level of just the the chemistry and uh, the flavor construction uh, of the beer. Um, just like when you go to a good restaurant, you're not take, buying everything on the menu. You see something that you like, you try it, and you you enjoy that food. You enjoy that experience, and that's what I want to make, and I want to make it in
1: my community. So, as you're venturing into your brick and mortar, and you're going to, you know, you want to operate a restaurant. Tell us a little bit about what your thoughts are for the food part of that. You know that you're going to blend with your beers.
2: Um, the crazy part is starting off. I would like to just do cheese sticks. I feel like coming coming from West Philly. Um, Gyms. The first gyms was actually on sixty second in Collar Hill. But that's a lot of that's, people that's believe the first, first gyms. the first and the best gyms. Yes. <laughs> that's let's okay. take it there. The first and the best gyms is in West Philly. Now that's that's not open anymore. Um right. so when you think about West Philly, know this is no this to anybody else who makes cheese steaks. I'm just talking about my experience. Um gyms, to me, were the best, and I don't think it's, it's no other cheesesteaks that I would I would go to that's in my area. So that's what I would start with. And one, there is no black-owned cheesesteak spots in Philadelphia.
1: Uh, little tramp. little tramp down there at Temple. Says, uh, he has his truck, and he has a, a location now there. But, yeah, you're right. There are very few, and, and that's a big thing, you know, supporting the black-owned businesses, and and getting out there. So I, I applaud you for doing that. And, you know, I mean, really, what goes better with a cheesesteak than a beer? You know, some people a will say beer, yes. cherry Coke, but, you know, I, I'm going to go with a beer because I, can't, I don't do Coke. But, um, you know, that that's a very interesting thing. And, you know, probably have the ability then to blend some different types of cheesesteaks up, you know, a little something spicier in there, play with it a little bit, and create you know a, a wonderful you know pairing of different things. And, and it is a great way to introduce people to beers because you're going to go in and people are going to say, ah, you know, well, what what's the best beer with my cheesecake? And you can really enter into a conversation and talk about that. So, you know, kudos, my man. That's a, that's a really clever idea to do.
2: Thank you. Thank you. I think is I think it's just the best thing to being. I'm sorry. Good. What's your background in cheese steaks? Now you know what
1: we, we're going to be going with you know whiz. We're going to be doing American. We're going to be doing you know Cooper Sharp. You know, are you a cheese steak aficionado there?
2: Well, when it comes to it, I know most of most of the friends they always like the provolone. Um, I'm a plain I'm a plain steak guy myself, but really? uh, I know I, I I like mine plain steak Friday. Salt and pepper. Um, I know, you know, most of my friends who are coming out of town. I got a lot of friends in Atlanta, Miami, uh, North Carolina. They typically uh, sometimes once they see the cheese they're like, "No, nah, I don't want that." So they'll get provolone. Um, they'll get American, and, and just go from there. So that's that's typically. But I would definitely like to have a, a vast variety of cheeses. Um, and eventually, once once we get to that next level, you know. Uh, because that's to me that's the cheapest way to do the cheesesteaks um i don't have to buy silverware i don't have to buy plates, I just have to buy foil and paper <laughs> um, yep, yep. that is that is the truth
1: I mean you know when you think about you know what a great way to spend a Sunday afternoon in the fall watching Eagles football, having some great beers, learning a little bit about them you know, and then having a good cheesesteak or two to go with it, and you know as you said to teach people about, you know, responsible consumption, which is such an important thing. I have a family member of mine who loves, or he claims that he loves really good cognacs. So every year I get him, you know, a, a VSOP, or I get him, you know, or something like that, that he, you know, and, and then I watch him chug it. Why?
2: Why no, do I do doing this that.
1: every year? You know, Why? <laughs> Why? 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 I don't get it. That's either here or there. We all live through that, and you know, have those horror stories to tell.
2: That's just how it is, man. Just really teaching people how to consume and and really just taking in the flavors. Uh, I think once people are, are are introduced to alcohol in a positive in a positive light, um, and and being able to understand it on that level, um, you'll have more responsible drinking. Well, I. I have to tell you a little cute story you'll enjoy when you were talking about how you started.
1: I'm a little bit older than you, but when I was a young kid, my father is from the coal region of Pennsylvania. So when we would be you know, all getting together and stealing our dad's beer to drink, nobody wanted my dad because it wasn't Budweiser and it wasn't Miller. It was Yingling. And it was, mm-hmm. you know, Porter and some other things from the Coal region. And, oh, no, we can't drink that, you know, Coal region, that that garbage that was from up there, you know. And today, Yingling is, you know, one and a half times the price of, you know, Budweiser and Miller. And, it's a, you know, it's considered a, a mid-level to a premium beer oftentimes, you know, as opposed to Budweiser's and Miller's. So, you know, it's
2: funny how that happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was that was when I started, man, and, and then definitely working in. I, I think I got more introduced to the spirits and beer uh, when I started working in restaurants. So, like my, my first job was with uh, Valley Green, Valley Green Inn, and then sure. my second my was thing. at the Philadelphia Cricket Club.
1: Sure. That being said, where can people find out more? about your products, about your history. How can our guests find out more about you, uh, your social media tags, and everything that goes along with that?
2: Uh, It is going to be... Our website is uh, www.mackbrewingco. And then our social media is all Mac Brewing Co. Mac Brewing Co. on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, um and you can find out and keep up with us typically on social media and we'll always post where we're gonna be and where we're pouring it. And we encourage our
1: listeners to get out and support Mac Brewing, get out and support uh, minority business and you know jump on board, do a little crowd funding, you know, to help you grow. And really, um, expand the knowledge for people out there and pave the way for future brewers as well. Something I know you're deeply interested in. it's been an honor and a pleasure to have you with us today. Keep up all you're doing. Look forward to seeing you around soon and having something of your beer and just having a wonderful conversation again. You know, you are doing great things and just keep on doing that.
2: Thank you very much. Thank you for having me.
0: Thanks, Dave Mack, for joining us on the show. And we will be right back after this short break. You can find Chef Jean Blum at IBFoodie2 across all social media or email him at IBFoodie2 at com. And you can find Amaris Pollock at AR across social media or email her at at gmail dot com to become a sponsor of the show or become a guest Food Farms and Chefs. Welcome back, and I would love to introduce all of our food farms and chefs fans to Marcello DiFeo, who is the chef and owner of the Fair Porter in Haddonfield, New Jersey, and Dane DeMarco, who is the chef and owner of Burger Time in Audubon, New Jersey. Welcome to the show, both of you.
3: Thank you for having us.
4: Yes, yeah,
0: thank you. Yeah. No problem. So, collectively you both have a huge history in the culinary world um, and have a lot of things to brag about so for our listeners out there who you know don't might not know you um marcello where you know what are some of what's your history what is your restaurant and you know then we'll jump to you obviously dane and what is your history and what is your restaurant and then we'll jump into letting our listeners know all of the exciting fun that's going to happen in October.
3: So, uh I began working in restaurants when I was 11 years old. I had two restaurant jobs because for some reason I felt that I needed to. I don't I don't know why. Um and um when I was 13, I began uh, working at like an upscale uh, Italian restaurant uh, in Wobblecrest over the summers um, where I started as a dishwasher and then worked my way up to like Garmin and then worked my way up the line and was there for about 12 years. Um, uh, worked at a number of restaurants in and around the Philadelphia area. Um, and in 2017 uh, started out with my own business where uh uh opening valente's italian specialties first as a uh, mobile vendor and caterer and then we became a uh in 2018 we opened up as a italian specialty market in haddonfield and then literally at the beginning of the pandemic we converted to um a uh a restaurant so uh, and right after we converted or uh, before we converted to a restaurant, we had been thinking about, or I had been thinking about uh, a burger place the whole time. I, I felt that Hattonfield really needed one and there wasn't really much that stuck out in the area. And um, so I, I'd been working on the concept for a while and as the pandemic started to calm down and things started to get back to normal, a spot opened up in, on King's highway and, was very fortunate to get it and uh and i believe you know uh, um burger time and and uh the fair porter we opened roughly around the same time as each other and honestly i think that's really cool because we have two very different menus and i i I think that we provide two very unique experiences to to the uh our respective south jersey and towns and the neighboring towns
0: And I agree with you because I, you know, I've I've seen the differences between the two and, you know, it's, it's vastly different, but very like both of you, you know, provide very interesting environments and very interesting menus. So uh, I want to hop over to Dane. Dane, uh, tell us a little bit about your history and, you know, how you got started and some of the businesses you've been involved with and You know, obviously, and also burger time.
4: Yeah, totally. Um, So, again, I you know, like Martello, I started cooking when I was young, uh, 14. Um, When I turned 18, I hopped over the bridge and, you know, worked under a couple of chefs in Philadelphia. Um, Mostly known for my, um, you know, time I spent for LPMG at American Sardine and Second District Brewery. Um, you know, where I'm known for like my quirkiness and sandwiches and outside of the box kind of, uh, ideas essentially. Um, then the pandemic hit and at South Philly Taproom, we did uh burger time as a pop-up cause restaurants had to, you know, kind of shift the way to take out and, and figure things out. And so burger time was a pop-up born in the pandemic. And, uh, last few years I moved to New Jersey and spent a lot of time looking for, a space to open a sandwich shop. Actually, uh, Hank Sandwich Company um, found a place right around the corner from where I live, and you know there was a deli there, so I didn't want to step on anybody's toes. And I was like, yeah, you know, Burger Time was fun, so uh, Hunt's Burger Time was born, and this is my uh, first project on my own.
0: And I'm, you know, I want to say your your Burger Time restaurant is. Very inviting to the younger crowd, too, because you have you have a theme going on that is just I mean, any anyone who is either young or was young at some point in time probably wants to walk in and, you know, play a video game. Um, But (laughs) I, I, you know, and I I know that I would I want to jump into both of your themes, both of your restaurants, um, respectively, but I think collaboratively the reason that you came onto the show today was to talk about something that you you both decided together to do um to raise funds and so why don't you tell our listeners what it is that you're doing throughout the month of october and you know what it benefits
3: so um so we are uh we're doing a little thing we're calling uh burgers for ball fields, um, where we have each come up with a burger that we're gonna be selling throughout the month of October that is seasonal and uses local ingredients. And uh essentially uh 75% of we're putting X amount of the profits aside, and 75% of it goes to whoever sells the most burgers, and 25% goes to the other. And um, we will get, uh, we will be donating the money to a local, um, you know, whether it's like a ball field, something Parks and Rec related.
0: So um, that is a very exciting thing to do. And I, you know, applaud both of you for doing that because no matter what, it's a win-win situation or in this case, a win-win-win situation um, because who, you know... Obviously, one person's gonna come out and have you know the majority, the 75 percent um, off the top and then another 25 to the others the other parks and recs. Um, but what what are the burgers that you are contending with? So let me know, you know, give us some scrumptious details as to what you're gonna be offering up and you know tempt our listeners so that they go out and you know support you and support the cause.
4: So, I'm in Audubon. So, you know, we're the Green Wave here, and I'm resident of Audubon. So, when the idea came to be about doing something for Parks and Recs for the local town, you know, obviously I, you know, want to jump on it because I I live here as well. So, I'm doing the Green Wave Burger. It is football, soccer season. Go Green Wave. Um, So, we're doing a Green Wave Burger, which is a play on a New Mexican style green chili burger. I got some local hatch chilies and poblanos from Varick Farms. Uh, smoked them off, roasted them, uh, peeled and made like a essentially a green chili salsa, essentially. So I have a six ounce patty that we sear off, cooked to temp, uh, cheddar Monterey Jack, green chili sauce, uh, turmeric pickled onions. So you got the green and gold in there, some golden ranch, and then to top it off Burger Time style, I have to finish it off with some salsa verde chips.
0: I mean, that sounds like a spicy, like flavorful, uh, burger to, to enjoy. Um, now if I was going into your restaurant and purchasing that burger, what kind of, uh, beverage would you recommend my, my drinking that with?
4: Oh, we got all the throwbacks. So I would, I don't know, you could go RC or, you know, cherry, black cherry or classic birch beer.
0: (laughs) And you know, and Also to temper that, you know, that burger, the heat from the burger. But uh, I am a huge lover of anything full of flavor, of spices. But, you know, I'm also like all-encompassing. So I like the, you know, comfort foods and, you know, more mellow flavors too. So I I look forward to that burger and, you know, but on your – we'll go with teams. On the opposing team (laughs) with your friendly competition – What are you offering over at the Fair Porter?
3: Yeah, sure. So much like, uh, Dane, I, uh, uh, our business is in Haddonfield and I live in Haddonfield and, um, uh, you know, I, I think like Dane too, I tried to stick within the theme, like Dane does something really fun and cool and perfectly in line with, you know, burger time. And, you know, we, we tried to do something that I think was in line with the theme of the Fair Porter and, uh, um, the burger is called the, the tallow. Is it me? You're looking for a burger, um, which is my own little nod to Bob's burgers. Um, and it features, uh, wagyu tallow, shaved Brussels, a John cheese from Cherry Grove farm, uh, sweet onion pickle chips that were frying from Fishtown Pickle Project and a little Maldone on top of the brioche bun from La Busse.
0: I have to say I love Fishtown Pickle Project. I love the pickles that they offer up. Um, so you 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 know, and we've had them on a couple of times. So I was like, ooh, Fishtown Pickle Project.
3: <laughs> Super nice people too. Absolutely love them.
0: Yeah. Now, what would you recommend um with your burger for for a beverage from your uh fair porter?
3: So I mean it's not
0: <laughs> I was kind of trying to like land it like for him, but
3: <laughs> you know, honestly, while while you were answering, I was trying to think of of what the right answer was going to be for me, and and um, you know, kind of our off menu thing really is 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 floats, and I don't know, I I kind of just feeling just like a traditional or like orange cream float with this personally. That's, but uh, but yeah, I mean. Our shakes are kind of our thing. That's, I think, even more so than the burgers. We get we get a lot of people coming out for the shakes. Um, uh, and I don't know. I don't know. I, 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 I'm I kind of torn as to which shake I would go with, to be honest with you.
0: I think I, I saw a peanut butter one, but um, I don't know if it would necessarily play well with the burger. But, I mean, I'm a peanut butter fan, so... <laughs>
3: Uh, yeah, our pb and um, Yeah, my my personal favorite is the banana split with the uh, macerated strawberries and, and bananas. Um, and by default, I think that's probably what I would get just because I love it.
0: Gotcha. Now, Dean. I'm going to wh- chime in here
5: for a little bit because I, you know, listening to all these wonderful things on both parts and as a chef for the culinarian and a person, who travels the country eating and you know drinking? It's so nice to see a burger location, and people think, "Oh, well, anybody can do burgers." And and the biggest joke on the face of the earth is that anybody can do burgers. So kudos to both of you because creating a great burger, and creating great fries, and creating a great milkshake are all really difficult tasks. They require, you know, experience and flavor, and everything from selection of the meat to the buns. You're talking about to, the, you know, the chilies that you're, the provanas, everything that you're doing. And up until this episode, and I and I can say I, I have not been to either of your locations, but I have to because when I wanted a great burger, I went to Chicago. And I know that sounds crazy, but that's where I got the great burger. I happen to like a place in Chicago called Kuma Burger. It's, you know, um, a place that I went and, and got. But listening to the two of you, your passion for it and what you're doing. And I love the fact that, yeah, you do great milkshakes and you do great throwback sodas. You know, so much thought and love have gone into your businesses that it is just you know, why are they both so close to each other in New Jersey? And I live in Bucks County and neither of you are right here. That's what I'm questioning right now. But that's either here or there. So I have to make that road trip to you.
3: We're certainly much closer than Chicago. So
5: <laughs> you are, you are, you are that, but so I'm just going to go on the record at Kuma Burger. They do have some soft drinks. They don't do milkshakes, but they do have Baker's Mark bourbon on tap also. So well, they might have <laughs> a little bit of an edge there being a bourbon <laughs> lover, but, but Dry um,
0: I was going right. to say, <laughs> Dry
5: yeah, town. Right. right, but Dry I, do, town. I, I I get that. I understand that.
4: I, but, I do respect what you're saying though, with, um, you know, the ingredients that we're using in both of us. Cause I think at the end of the day, we both opened a burger shop, but at the end of the day, we're both.
5: Yes. And then, and, But, and that's the thing that I love about both of your businesses, you brought culinary creativity into the burger world. We didn't have that in this city. You know, we have burger battles back and forth and who makes the best burger. I grind my own meat. This, I do that. But you guys were taking it one step further than that. And you're bringing in flavors from all across the country. You're bringing in local ingredients when possible. You're bringing in artists and cheeses. You're bringing in great small bakeries. You're, you're doing all these things supporting other businesses in the area. And you're making what people think are just a simple ingredient. And I'm sorry, a great burger is a great burger. It is a piece of art. It's to be enjoyed. It's a masterpiece of flavor. If I want fast food, I want filet mignon. A burger is art is creativity so kudos to you both that's just my soapbox for the last five minutes
0: and I'm actually going to jump off of uh, Jean's last comment, which is, and and go direct to Dean, um, because I know that one of your biggest things with your your restaurant is, you know, the creativity. So, what are some of the most creative burgers that you make in your restaurant, and what's one of your top seller burgers?
4: So we do, like I said, crazy quirky. And I think a lot of our stuff kind of um, you know, goes out to like millennials essentially. So we have the good burger, which is like our standard classic. Um, it's topped with our special sauce, which we call 10K because it's cold. Um, and potato chips. Pair that with an orange soda because, you know, good burger, kel, orange soda. Um but as for our most popular, I'd probably say um our rodeo or b B2 burger. Our B2 burger, we source our uh blackberry jam from Rainier Family Farms out in like Lancaster. Um, it's Grandma Rainier's recipe. They make it for me like as I need it. So that's again just like you know, using local things. And uh so it's blackberry jam, jalapenos, bacon on a burger with American cheese and lettuce, uh, on a brown buttered bun and uh yeah, that's probably that was a, actually was ranked one of the top burgers in New Jersey this past year as well. But that's also my personal favorite. But um, you know, the other thing that Burger Time does offer, along with the Green Wave Burger, is um, inclusity. We you know have ve- vegan, gluten free, vegetarian, dairy free, like you name it, we we got something for you. And I feel like that's important in this day and age.
0: That is important in this day and age. Um, and going to jump back over to you, uh, Marcello, because I'm going to pose that same question. Because obviously you have a brilliant burger that you are competing with for this month-long um, fundraiser. But what are some of the other, you know, burgers? Because they're elevated. They're in, you know, they, they do, they incorporate different local ingredients and purveyors. So what are, what are some of your top sellers?
3: So I'd say that probably um, some of our top sellers are, we do uh, the get down burger with uh, pulled pork, South Carolina, barbecue sauce, pickles, coleslaw, and American cheese. And, the Nordique, um, which is basically poutine on a burger with fries and cheese curds and uh, short rib and gravy um, and kind of get the best of, of both worlds with that. You can put your burger and fries all all in one, essentially. I'm typically not South Carolina barbecue fan, but but I have to admit, I think the Get Down is actually my favorite of our burgers, I'd say.
0: All right. So let's get down to business. <laughs> I'm sorry I can't resist a cheesy line um hey now hey now (laughs) right so and because we're gonna have to wrap it's it's it goes quickly when we're having fun but we're gonna have to wrap you guys up soon so before we let you go um what where can they find you Marcello in in on social media in person um and online
3: yeah, sure. So if you're uh looking for me in person, I'm probably the guy who looks very frantic and lost running around Kings Highway or King's Court in downtown Haddonfield. Um online, um, you know, it's it's basically just the business names like at Valentes Cucina or at the Fair Porter on all the standard social media accounts
0: and let our listener know, listeners know why they should choose your burger over uh Dane's and don't worry Dane you'll have your chance too
3: <laughs> oh man i mean i'm excited to to try dane's burger i think it's going to be awesome and really honestly i think it's what you're in the mood for you know um there are there are certainly instances where i think i would be in the mood for for the green wave and others where, uh, I'd, I'd go with the tell, oh, Is it me, you're looking for a burger. Um, so it's kind of what you want to eat, I think. And, and I don't know if that's a cop-out line or not, but I just think <laughs> very, very different burgers. And it's hard to say, it's hard to compete with, uh, even though it's a competition, it's hard to say like, which is better. I just think they're very different, you know,
0: they are, um, and, Dane, uh, where can people find you on social media, in person and online?
4: All right. You can find us on uh, Merchant Street, downtown Audubon, uh, 123 West Merchant, um, online at NJ. That's on all platforms. Um, and, yeah, it's NJ on Facebook as well.
0: And so what's your little push for uh, your burger?
4: I got to go with Marcello on this one. I feel like uh, either way, you win. Either way, the towns win. So go out, give them both a try. Go back for seconds. If you're going to come for seconds, they'll come to Burger Time.
0: Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. There's awesome. a little competition.
3: Not <laughs> got the hot dogs over us, too. So, so Gene, you don't have to travel to Chicago for a good hot dog, too. You, you could head over to Burger Time.
5: <laughs> sure. well, so, you know, to be honest with you, I'm not a fan of Chicago dogs, actually. I... You know, I, th- I think you can get great ones in other places, The little places in Delaware County. But yeah, I'll have yeah, to I'm gonna
4: come eat the peanut butter and Frito dog. Yeah, yeah, I could I can get there.
0: The crunchy one. All right. Now, on that note, thank you both for joining us on Food Farms and Chefs. And Gene, why don't you let people know where to find you?
5: You can find me across social media at GMLUM or IBFoodie2, or you could always just email me directly at IBFODIE, the number two at yahoo.com. That's IBFoodie2 at yahoo.com.
0: And you can find me at social media at ARPolicus, or you can email me directly at ARPolicus at gmail.com. Or if you would like to be a sponsor or guest on the show, you can email us at food, farms, and Chefs at yahoo.com. Thank you, everybody, and have a wonderful Tuesday.